Welcome to the LifeCast. We hope that you find this ministry of New Life Assembly of God as an encouragement to you. You will hear messages and lessons in God's Word by our staff and special guests. Enjoy the podcast. Things with you this morning and, you know, um, when you speak, you, you try to do something and, you, you know, that you sense the Lord, you try to be conclusive about something, but really my hope as a pastor is that, you know, at least the sermon would always have at least one point to it. <laughs> That's my hope. Um, but not only that, that it's totally conclusive, but that as we leave, the Holy Spirit continues to teach us and build off what he gives us in these moments in my own life and in yours. And uh, so that's my hope this morning. I want to I talk to you about a virtue and a character of God that we sometimes maybe misunderstand a little bit because, uh, you know, we look at it from a human standard, a human perspective, even though um, we have faith in him or uh, we've been a Christian for a while, and we just sometimes... You know, it just distorts a little bit where it's a little bit off mark. But, you know, from a human perspective, it's understandably so. But from the perspective of a redeemed person, the Holy Spirit is supposed to continue to teach us and give us revelation and, and lead us, you know, a little bit more to understand the Lord and what he's like and how that changes our life and our relationship with him and our outlook in this life and the way we treat other people. And so I want to look at this virtue this morning. I want to start by telling you, um, uh, a little, you know, another one of my flaws. <laughs> um, you know, we have at home uh, what you call an electric kettle. And um, it's where you plug it in and you, it's a pitcher and it sits on a base and you put water in it and flip the little button and a light goes on and uh, it's supposed to bring the water to a boil. So that you can, you know, have tea or whatever you can use the hot water for. Um, you know, if you live way out in the sticks, you know, um, you might use it for a bath. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Whatever you use it for. Um, and so, I, at the counter, I have this. So I'll grab like a cup and I'll, I'll take and put my tea bag in there and put it on the counter. Now, I have been known to stand there and, and wait, which is never really a great thing for me um, because, you know, I start, the light's on, but I don't hear anything. I have been known in my kitchen, not when my wife's there to watch, and of course our children have moved out. Hallelujah. So we just, you know, we, I've been known to lean over and put my ear next to this thing to see if it's, not touch it, don't worry, I, you know, I'm a simple man, but not that simple, you know, I just, is it, do I hear it kicking on, is it, because I'm the guy who pops the lid open, is it steaming in there, I don't hear it boiling, so it's best for me to just go do something for a moment while that's happening um, because I will confess to you, when I make tea for myself, rarely does the water ever come to a boil. 
It's steaming. It's hot enough. You know, I don't always finish the cup of tea. I leave it sit somewhere where my wife doesn't see it so she doesn't get aggravated like I left the cup somewhere where it doesn't belong and it's not, you know, all gone. So put it somewhere where I can drink it a day later and drink it cold and it doesn't bother me. It's, it's tea, okay? It's just tea. So, um, and so I, you know, I can come back and uh, that's good enough, you know? And it steams a little bit and leave it steep for however long. And so um, in this, because I've discovered that, you know, the thing when microwaves came out decades and decades and decades ago, you know, we heard a lot of messages back then in the church that we're a microwave society and we want everything now and quick. And, you know, I get all that. It was overstated for a long time. We get it. But... The reality is, <laughs> you know, I stand at the kettle, I'm thinking, gee, isn't this supposed to be quicker than when, like, you did it the old-fashioned way, where you put water in a pot and put it on the stove? I mean, it's an electric kettle. I mean, let's go. Boil. Um, it makes me think, do I just make this cup? Do I pop it in the microwave? You know, not that I'm going to get it to boil in there, but, you know, hot enough where you put the tea bag in and it starts to color the water. By the way, I've put it in cold water. It never really colors the water. It's got to be hot. I know that's a deep new truth for many of you in this room, but <laughs> I just want to share my experience about tea. But this, this attribute of God comes to me and Reminds me, and I, I want to share this with you from the scripture. In this context, and the reason I use the boiling water is that actually is a translation in the Hebrew language of words that we use in the scripture. Words in the scripture that um, talk about being, you know, this is one of your favorite words, patience, right? Patience. So in many places in the scripture when it talks about patience, one of the words that are synonymous, depending on the context that you use it in, the, the context is the word long-suffering. Long-suffering. And long-suffering translated, okay, into the Hebrew, it actually means this. That water is slow to come to a boil. So once you get this imagery... Long-suffering is like me, standing at the counter, watching water, and waiting, because it is slow to come up to a boil, from my perspective. This is a virtue of the Lord. I want to read you something. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day to him. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness. In other words, I've been praying to the Lord about something for years. Or I've been going through something long enough. 
I mean, with all due respect, Lord, do you, are you paying attention to what's going on down here? Or what's going on in my life? Or how hard this is? And how long this has been? Or that this happened at all? I mean, why did this have to happen or why did it have to happen now? You know, I'm not sure where you live, but that's kind of, you know, my address from time to time. I experience things in life. I mean, you know, I have REV before my name, but that's not like circumstances try to creep in and go, oh, that's the reverend. We can't go there. You know, my dishwasher breaks before it should, just like yours. It happened the other day. I mean, I thought timing. You know, I, this. You know, the, now now's not the time for this. We have the Northern Johnsons. That's one of my daughters who married a Johnson, and the Southern Johnson. That's another daughter who married a Johnson, but from a different Johnson family. So we call them the Northern and Southern Johnsons. Well, they're converging on our home this week. And we're without a dishwasher. And our dishwasher is just over four years old, not quite five. Now, we didn't buy a $300 dishwasher. I bought a nice dishwasher when we bought appliances for the house, you know, that four or five years ago. I wanted my wife to have nice stuff. I, I, even inc- I didn't want to just surprise her. I even included her in the selection of them. See how smart I got over the years? When we were young, we wanted to be spontaneous and surprised and think we're going to be a blessing. And she goes, oh, thanks so much. I'd have never picked that out. You know. So all you young guys, you need to tap into the wisdom of all these old guys. Actually, second thought, I don't want to be that kind. You can learn like how I did. No, I'm kidding you. I'm kidding. So, you know... um, I think the dishwasher should last longer than four or five years. It's a good time for you to all say, yes, you know, I agree with you. That's a, yeah. I mean, when we were starting out, we rented places that had dishwashers that were 15 years old, all beat up. They still wash dishes. I said something to this to the salesperson the other day, and I said, you know, they just don't build them to last anymore. I didn't know what to say to her. You know, she was much younger than me. Well, a little younger than me. I'm still, you know, late 30s. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I see potential all over this room. You know, I never know. So um, that's a commercial. Don't take offense to that. So, uh, you know, so, I mean, um, people are coming. Dishwasher goes. So I bring in, you know, the, hey, um, the warranty, I know, just ran out, and, um, but I still like a service call. I mean, certain things I can fix, but this, I couldn't get anywhere with this because it was digital, and I'm thinking it's in the panel or whatever. And so for 89 bucks, the guy comes out, and I said, okay. And he tears into it all and then takes the panel off and says, yeah, see this relay switch went bad. See the wires are burnt. And see the plastic molding and that computer deck thing and how it's all brown. This got really hot. Yeah, so the point is how much is this to replace, okay? Okay? Um, so he, you know, pulls out his, you know, all this. So, you know, to fix this, 
It's like 570 some dollars. I agree with this half of the sanctuary. This one was quiet. I don't know if you're stunned or they're like, oh, yeah. Over here you're going, uh-huh, what? That's what I'm doing because prior to this, I figured, hey, you know, I might as well look up what's it cost to replace one of these. Can we get one? Because if they come back with like, hey, it's $225 to fix, I don't need to ask Sue. We're getting it fixed, okay? Um, but if this is like we could replace it for about the same money, yeah, right. See, over right. I'm going to try harder over on this half the sanctuary. <laughs> okay, so, you know, why now? Because we just did something for somebody a few days earlier in the family who just needed a shot in the arm for, you know, a couple hundred bucks or whatever. And I'm thinking, now, mm, 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 mm. You know, you're trying to get ahead a little bit. You're trying to take care of and do what you got to do. And you're going, mm, 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 mm. You know? God can do anything anywhere. I mean, I did lay my hands on this dishwasher. <laughs> Other than when I was just fixing it and shaking it. <laughs> you know? And uh, um, he must have been short that day on angelic technicians. I don't know. It didn't come in and fix the deck. But, um, so anyhow, <clears throat> Sue and I are like, yeah, we'll pay the service, and now we'll talk about it. And, you know, uh, we call around. We look around. We, she's like, listen, I'm listening. It's just the two of us. Uh, we can eat off paper plates more often, and we can, you know, and I can wash my hand. It's okay. I'm like, honey, Okay. No, I'm kidding. I didn't do that. I said, honey, we're going to have a dishwasher. We, we got people who come and go, and we, we just, we can't be doing everything by, I can't keep doing everything by hand. <laughs> oh, I got a little response over here. So, you know, um, I'm thinking, come on, timing. I mean, this isn't a life or death situation, but come on, not now, you know. And, and we can have the response over smaller things, certainly bigger things that invade or interrupt our life. And we wonder about timing and do you hear our prayers? Are you going to show up? And are you going to, you know, or when are you going to come and, you know, slay all the evil people? You know, like Psalm says, you know, uh, they're going to have their day, you know, come. But in this life they've been evil and, you know, and they're going to be like the grass and wither away. <laughs> well, you know. So are the righteous. <laughs> of course, we have an eternity which, through faith in Christ and his grace and mercy, we receive. So it kind of changes how you look at and enjoy eternity and responsibility before God. So, but in the moment of this life and what we go through, the sometimes, you know, the whole timing and what's going on and do you notice and, the, you know, we feel like God is slow Listen, you can show up to at work, you know, late for a meeting and come in and like, I'm late, you know, oh, what a bummer. But the reality is prior to you feeling like it's late, the reason you were late, you think, was because of a flat tire, you know, that wasn't in your driveway and it didn't happen in the parking lot of the meeting. It happened, you know, two miles out of town somewhere. And it's like, ah, you know, couldn't have this just slowly gone low where I would notice and then you know, fill it and fix it up, but no, boom, blow out, and you're two, uh, two, you know, miles out of town somewhere, 
and you got to get help or call or get stuff out. And of course, we're in Wisconsin, so flat tires don't happen in the summer. I mean, they do, but, you know, it's got to be the cold snap in January or February, you know. And, of course, the flats don't happen on a sunny day. It's on a windy day, a snowing day, a day where you run your flashers when you're off the side of the road and it's so cold that the battery dies. You know, you know what kind of scenario I'm talking about? And I'm not being derogatory here, and it's not a complaint. It's just saying these things, they, they happen. And, and we didn't plan necessarily for it to happen at the moment it happened. You see, it's interesting. If we have foreknowledge of what something, what we have to go through, a foreknowledge of this is a project or this is going to happen today or it's going to get interrupted today, and we have foreknowledge and we can work it in, we actually walk through that day with the foreknowledge that this is going to happen, this is going to be kind of an interruption, but because I've known about it, it's not an interruption, it's still kind of a headache, got to go through it, but I can, and you roll through it and we have a different attitude. It's when we, you know, we're surprised or something shows up or the timing's off according to our planning, you know. And so, how about now? How about, you hear my prayer, do you? And then all of a sudden we wrestle with our faith. I want you to know, the Lord cares about all these things in our life because he cares about you. I care about all these things in my children's life because I care about them. Okay? Um, it's kind of who we're supposed to be. And God cares for these things, but at the same token, there's always a greater care and concern. You see, even this, all this stuff and responsibilities we deal with, though it's important, it's not the highest or deepest meaning for our life. I mean, look at the Lord. He created this beautiful creation and it's perpetual, even after he brought rain and the flood. And it perpetuates. And all for this understanding that all of this is going to burn anyhow. And yet he went to a lot of trouble to create it and for our enjoyment and all of that and to reveal his goodness and his glory. But it's all going to, because there's a greater thing than the earth that even he created. And it has to do with you. It has to do with me. It has to do with people. And so when we look at timing and things happening and unfolding and where's God and, you know, it's like, it's, he, I'm getting, I, I'm fast to boil compared to the Lord, you know, I mean, you know, it's, I mean, I don't boil as quick as I used to, you know, on both sides, you know, um, in fact, my wife wrote a very nice thing in a Valentine's card that she gave me a couple weeks ago or a week and a half ago. She said, and she wrote this very nice thing, and it was a little poetic. And she alluded to that when things happen in our life, I appreciate how you go through and you can kind of laugh at it a little bit. That's the synopsis. I can't quote it because I am not a poetic man. Although I did write her a poem in her Valentine's card. I did. I should have brought it. It's her favorite card I ever gave her. I made it. 
I made it actually here at the office. And even on the back, so you know I didn't steal from the church. Truth, folded it. I took a marker and made a little skew and put new life by it. And I gave the church a dollar for the materials. Oh, a little response over here again, okay. They were like, okay, I want to make sure he didn't steal anything from the church. Piece of paper and, you know, pen. I put inside a pink heart and I put a hole punch in the heart. I said, when we are apart, this is what I have in my heart. Yep, about second grade level. <laughs> yeah, you know, sappy dude, anyhow. And no, it's not because I'm too cheap to buy a card. I've been buying cards for years. I just decided to make it. No, it wasn't last minute like, oh, it was the morning of Valentine's. I better do something. I did in advance. I even had forethought about it. And that was still the best I could come up with. Okay, so um, she wrote this nice thing. And so, you know, we look at the timing and the troubles and the difficulties and wonder, come on. You know, this is the fullness of time, or I've been waiting, or hurry up, or this is, you know. And from our point of view, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, some count slowness, but is patient toward you. Now, I want you to know about these troubles that we face that we don't seem to have, you know, God come to a boil quick. A day is a thousand years. A thousand years is one day for him. He's, he's steady. He's stable. He's patient. He's long-suffering. He's been dealing with humanity for a long time. And why doesn't he just wipe out these evil people or just wipe us out and get us to eternity? Because God is slow to come to a boil. Have you ever had people in your life, or maybe you've been the person, or you've modeled what was done to you, and you've had people in your life who come to a boil very quickly? They speak to you harshly. They speak down to you. They use a tone you don't like. They use mannerisms that are offensive and hurtful, make you feel third rate. They skip over second. Is that what you do to people? Is that what's been modeled to you? I want you to know that God doesn't come to a boil quick. He's slow to anger. And let me tell you the beauty in this. See, what if he would have returned 10 years ago? Where would some of you be? Or 20 years ago? Before you came to faith in Christ. Oh Lord, thanks for being slow to come to a boil and dealing with humanity. Because you gave time for me. To be found by you. And to be moved by your grace and kindness and love to come into faith to you. See, being late to the meeting and having the flat tire... It wasn't about the flat tire, and frankly, you were to the meeting on time. God intervened, and through you having a flat tire, you connected with somebody, you had a moment with somebody, and because you are the light of the gospel, 
in this world, someone was impacted by your attitude and outlook in a positive manner on that occasion? Or is it on every occasion? You see, the dishwasher... And the expense thereof and the timing of it. My wife is impacted enough by my response in life that she'd write about it. And when that moment came, I remembered that Valentine. And it was a choice again. Do I live up to what she wrote and noticed about me that the Lord has brought into my life? becoming better, becoming more like him. It used to impact my kids because they were in the home. How's dad deal with this? Not so good? Good? Is he slow to come to a boil over things that shouldn't require a quick boil? How is he? Well, it still impacts her life because she's telling them about what's going on in our home and they tell her about what's going on in their home and, you know, I get the synopsis later. They still get impacted by it. It's all the way back to a counter and a tea kettle. Come on. If we are like this in little things, we better be careful when the important things come around and dealing with people and how long suffering are we or are we quick to come to a boil or are we going to be like God because he has not come to a boil quick in our life see it's not too late for you or I maybe you're in this room and you haven't come to faith in Christ I want you to know he's given you he's revealed his glory in his long suffering and patience to give you time to turn your heart to him today. For those who have turned your heart to him, there's still time for you to be perfected and become more like him and start looking like him since we say we follow him. I don't understand all the events in our life and how they unfold and when and why, but I'm telling you there's a deeper meaning of faith when these things come. Because I will tell you that a time will come where all this stuff will pass. And we will be in the light of his glory and grace and his kindness. All because he tarried and didn't come to a boil fast. Oh, we've had to go through some long suffering, but here's the deal. When we do that, we start to look like him. If we start to deal with it like him. thousand years is one day, one day is a thousand years. I mean, he's been here, he's stable, he's secure, he cares. He gives us time instead of getting angry and boiling over. Even for those who don't yet know him. We're like, I'm tired of it, wipe them out. Well, that could have been said about you at some point in your life. Aren't you glad he didn't hear that prayer and come to a boil? The grace we've been given, we're supposed to give to others. 
How quick of a boil do you come to in your life? I don't know, with your kids, with your people around you, the conversation you have out loud in your car while you're sitting at a red light in town, come on, it's Sparta. How long is a red light really? Go live in urban America. Go sit on the bypass around Chicago and stand still traffic. Um-hmm. How quick of a boil do we come to? I want to read you something. You know, there will be scoffers who say, you know, where's the promise of God's coming? We've been hearing it for decades through our life. You know, his return is close. His return is close. It's, it's coming soon. And we hear the prophecies. I want you to know soon is relative, isn't it? No one knows the day or hour but him. And there's things that we don't understand or we don't quite grasp. And I want you to know something. You and I have to learn to be good with it. You look in Romans chapter 9. It says that God, the potter, takes clay. And out of the same lump of clay, he makes some things for noble purposes, some for ignoble purposes, or things for honorable use, some for dishonorable use. And it says, who are you, the clay, to talk back to the potter or that which has been created back to the creator? Why did you make me like this? Or I've got complaints and I've got, what about timing and what about this and what about that? He will have compassion upon who he has compassion. He's the Lord. And if there's things that you and I don't understand, don't think, oh, well, he's all worried about, you know, he really wants to tell us everything and get us all to understand everything all the time. I don't know, where did you get that from? I mean, does he bring revelation? Does he teach us? Do we learn? Do we show gratitude and he shows us more? Yes, all those biblical principles. But he has not bent out of shape because you and I don't understand something. Oh, I really got to try to get them to understand this. Yes, I believe there's that compassion, but there are certain things that we may not understand. And you know what? You and I need to learn to be good with it. He's the creator. And just because I can't wrap my mind around it, doesn't mean I got to get all resentful and mad and angry and say it's not fair. That, that will lead you away from the faith that he gave his life for that saves us. It will lead us into trespass and heart issues and relationship issues. And you think you have problems in this life when you're with God and God is with you and, and walking with you. You try doing it without him. Because you built a barrier against him. Listen, he's a creator. And you know what? There are certain things that I won't grasp or I don't understand. And it doesn't obligate God that he's got to come and explain everything to me. As parents, there are certain things your kids won't understand. They don't grasp it. And you know what? There's times you explain things the best you can. They still don't grasp it. And other times, you don't sit and explain. Say, listen, this is a decision. This is what we're doing you have to accept this. We expect that from our children. How do we get to live by a different rule now when we're the kid? You and I trust him, believe him. He will teach and show us things. But don't think we got him over a barrel like he's got to explain himself every time he does something or allows something or doesn't show up on our schedule. Your thought on God being slow 
needs to be changed. My mind needs to be changed. I need to understand that in his slowness to come to a boil, he provides opportunity and time for us to be changed, to become more like him, so that others can see and know the Lord through our life, that they too can be saved before he comes to a boil. Where would we be if the opportunity was not given us? I want to read this to you in closing. Um, James chapter 5, 7 to 11, and I'm going to read one other little passage afterwards um, from 2 Peter. James chapter 5. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. Be patient till when? See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit to come up from the earth? Being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Listen, establish your heart for the coming of the Lord is at hand. There's time here. Establish your heart, your attitude, your outlook. There's a moment here that it's not over. It hasn't come to a boil. Take this to be diligent with your heart and your faith and who you're becoming and what you're looking like and how you deal with the interruptions of life and the timing that's off on things in our mind. And it's interesting. He doesn't change paragraphs. He, doesn't, he goes right into this, okay? Be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another. Well, what's that doing in there? What's it doing in this spot? Because much of our frustration and timing and, you know, long-suffering has to do with relationships and with people, not just the Lord. Don't grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. In other words, he hears this. And you and I can remove ourselves through our grumbling to bring resentment and deceit and mislead our hearts. Instead of establishing it, we've allowed it to falter and become something that doesn't look like the Lord at all. You better be careful how you talk about one another. Let's not remove ourselves to be judged with judgment and miss out on what he gave his life to redeem us for. During this time, don't falter is what he is saying to us. As an example of suffering and patient, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider these blessed who remain steadfast. You've heard of steadfastness of Job. You've seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brothers, do not swear by heaven or earth or any oath. Let your yes be yes, your no be no, so that you do not fall under condemnation. In other words, that which you proclaim, which you speak about in the Lord, may our life match so our yes is yes. Not, oh, yes, the Lord is trustworthy, and oh, the Lord is faithful. Oh, the Lord knows how to rescue. Oh, the Lord. And then in our personal life, we're coming to a boil because, you know, he ain't showing up in my time frame. I want you to know he's not late. He's never late. He's never been late. He's always on time. 
Because his purpose and plan is greater many times than you and I can see. And if he were to give us a glimpse or if we were to care enough and, and not build a barrier against him and a lack of faith or faithfulness and we would allow ourselves to see the greater truth, we'd say, yeah, I'm okay with showing up late to that meeting. Now, you can't show up late every month and tell your employer, yeah, hey, yeah, I'm just on time. <laughs> but about the things in our life and how we perceive what happens and the attitude in which we deal with it, are we going to be slow to a boil? I want to close with this. Please stand. Second Peter chapter 3. I read earlier about the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as we maybe perceive slowness, but he's patient towards us. Later in the chapter it reads this. Therefore, beloved, that's you, since you are waiting... For these fulfillments, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish. In other words, while we have time and while we are waiting and while life is going on with all of its interruptions or things we can't count on or things we can't see and, you know, all of the, we're supposed to be being purged and refined, removing spots and ironing out wrinkles that we become more like him and how we deal with all this. And count the patience of the Lord as your salvation. In other words, I am so glad you were patient and you gave time and you didn't come to a boil because it gave time for me to be included. Just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks of them and, and these matters, there are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do other scriptures. In other words, on this issue of God's slowness, they start to twist scriptures to try to satisfy their thinking and, and they teach it and they share it and they come up with some other idea because they can't accept the fact of who God is and how he may choose to do things. And so they do this and then they twist other things and they speak it as truth to people and people are deceived by it. Or initially they go, oh, that's not the truth and then something happens in their life and instead of turning to the scripture, they hear that person's voice and they go, well, I wonder if there's some truth to that. There are some things in them that are hard to understand which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, knowing that that will happen, Knowing that we could be tempted to have an itching ear or be deceived because we just have a hard time trusting the Lord with what hasn't been explained or we don't understand. And so we got to come up with something. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. God is stable. Day is a thousand. A thousand is one day. He's good. He'll work through it. Listen, your problem 
It might have a different face, a different situation, but the principle is still the same. Nothing in your life is going to throw him. And he's patient. He gives you grace and mercy, and we've got to work it out. We've got to take advantage and be diligent in these moments to establish our heart. Make sure that you're not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. But grow. Grow. That takes time. Right? Right? To grow anything takes time. To kill something takes an instant. Boom. But grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory now and to the day of eternity. Amen. I don't know what you face. I don't know what you think God should come to a boil over. But I do know this. We're supposed to become like him. Long-suffering and patient. I don't know what it is to walk in your shoes. Or to be in your shoes and not able to walk. I don't know. I only know what it is to be in my shoes. And to deal with my own flesh and my own humanity. But I need to rethink about my impatience when it comes to the attribute of God and that through his slowness to come to a boil, he shows his glory to the objects of wrath and to the objects of redemption, those who believe, that he sends the same message. The things of this life are going to pass away. They change. I was skinny once. And it doesn't seem that there needs to be any anxious worry about that happening again anytime soon for me. Things change. But those things, they're going to come and go. I'm, listen, I've been through this dishwasher thing before. I've been through like troubles of this before. I've been through greater troubles than this. Why should I worry or question his faithfulness? I'm still here to talk about it. He's been faithful, and he will be. And whatever you face, turn to him. You can ask him questions, but don't, you, don't question him as if he's on trial with you. As if you got him over a barrel and say, well, I won't believe in you if you don't. Learn. I need to learn that he, he is slow to come to a boil and there's a greater reason why than just my little fix my problem right now. Now, the interruptions of this life aren't interruptions. They might be destined by him and I've got to find the greater meaning in it than just a flat tire that it was about somebody whose soul that was eternal rather than the temporary thing of a breakdown or a dishwasher or whatever frustrates you. To have a kingdom perspective in our life that anchors us, that we can grow. 
and that we don't become unstable through false teaching in the whims of our flesh, in the activation of our mind to try to figure something out, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit was not teaching us. We were trying to come up with something. Trust Him. And in your own life, don't be quick to come to a boil. Start looking like the Lord you proclaim. That I would start looking more like the Lord that I proclaim. Let's pray together. Thanks for joining us on the LifeCast. It is a ministry of New Life Assembly of God in Sparta, Wisconsin. If you are ever in the area, we would enjoy the opportunity of meeting you. Until then, remember, God is for you, not against you.